Black to Canada is sponsored by OESeducation.org. OES Education is committed to unraveling the principles, processes, and practices that serve as the bedrock of enduring individual and corporate greatness. The objective of OES Education is to help people discover the power and energy that is within them and use it towards impacting and influencing their world. Through teaching, training, and research, OES Education has helped many individuals and institutions identify their core competencies and amplify their unique gifts and potential. OESeducation.org Welcome to the Black to Canada podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Oyenarin. In today's episode, we'll be focusing on the sleeping car porters in Canada. But before we get into the episode, I have a special bonus for those of you who stay until the end of the podcast episode. So stay tuned. Now, let's discuss a bit about the origins of the black men who made up the majority of sleeping car porters on the Canadian railway systems. Now, in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, the vast majority of sleeping car porters were black men, and the position was one of only a few job opportunities available to black men in Canada. So who were the sleeping car porters? Sleeping car porters were railway employees who attended to passengers aboard sleeping railway train cars. Porters were responsible for passengers' needs throughout a train trip, this included carrying luggage, setting up beds, pressing clothes, shining shoes, serving food and beverages, among other services. Now, while this position carried respect and prestige for black men in their communities, the work demanded long hours for a little bit of pay. Now, porters could be fired suddenly and were often subjected to racist treatment. Black Canadian porters formed the first black railway union in North America in 1917 and became members of the larger Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters in 1939. Both unions combated racism and the many challenges that porters experienced on the job. So now let's get into a little bit about the history of the Pullman sleeper train cars. George M. Pullman invented the Pullman sleeper car in partnership with Benjamin Field. Designed for overnight travel, Pullman sleeper cars were first used in the United States in 1865 and introduced in Canada by the 1870s. Pullman cars were more comfortable and luxurious than regular passenger cars. They had chandeliers, privacy curtains, silk shades, vibrant colors, dark walnut paneling, and rich upholstered seating. Now at night, seats were unfolded as beds and bunks were pulled down from the wall. After initial success in the United States, the use of the sleeper cars grew rapidly in Canada. William Van Horn, he was the general manager and president of the Canadian Pacific Railway, or CPR for short, tripled the CPR's investment in sleeper, sleeping cars uh, between 1885 and 1895. Other Canadian railways, such as the Canada Atlantic Railway and the Intercolonial Railway, also increased the number of sleeping cars in their fleets. 
Now, one reason why sleeper cars were so successful was the high level of service provided by the porters, by these black Canadian men. In both the United States and Canada, black men were preferred hires because of the history of domestic service and enslavement that uh, not only black men but black women endured during slavery. Now, the American Civil War, which ended in 1865, as we know, freed thousands of enslaved black people, many of whom were in need of jobs. Now, George Pullman modeled his train service on enslavement, era servitude, and, and hired black men to work as porters for his company. So by the 1920s, Pullman was the largest employer of black men in the United States. In Canada, porters were hired from cities with established black communities, including Africville and Halifax, Little Burgundy in Montreal, and Toronto's Bathurst and Bloor area. Now, according to historian Sarah Jane Matthew, she said, quote, many African Canadians migrated westward for promotions or better opportunities with the Pullman Palace Car Company, as well as the CPR, the Canadian Pacific Railway, and the Grand Trunk Railways, end quote. Now, as a result of this westward uh, migration, 76 men were working as porters out of Winnipeg by 1909, as an example. Now, many men in the black settlement of uh, Hogan's Alley, which is in Vancouver, which was, I should say, in Vancouver, worked as porters because of the neighborhood's proximity to the Great Northern Railway Station. Now, porters were also recruited from the southern United States, as well as as far as the Caribbean. At the time, black immigrants were often denied entry to Canada through loopholes in Canadian immigration law. For example, the proposed ban on black immigration to Canada. Now, we will uh, definitely touch on uh, more on Canada's racist immigration laws in another episode of Black to Canada, so stay tuned. So, CPR agents are reported to have told black recruits from the United States and the Caribbean to present CPR business cards, so Canadian Pacific Railway business cards, to Canadian border guards who would allow them passage once they showed them these cards. Now, between 1916 and 1919, more than 500 black porters arrived in Canada to work for the Canadian Pacific Railway. Black men found relatively steady and consistent income working as railway porters. And as mentioned, this, this was one of the few opportunities work-wise that was available to them. Many of the black men who found work as porters were highly educated, but because of racism and discriminatory hiring policies, they could not get jobs in their respective fields oftentimes. Instead, they had to settle as railway porters just to receive that steady and consistent, albeit low, income. Now let's just discuss a bit about some labor struggles concerning the sleeping car porters. Now, as mentioned, the job as a railway porter came with many difficulties and limitations. Porters were expected to work long hours, sleeping only for a few hours at night. Often they slept in the men's smoking room on the train. Now, they were on call for 24 hours and were away from home for many days at a time. And as well, they faced harsh discipline from management, low pay, as, as well as a lack of job security. Since few opportunities were available to black men at the time, 
employers were able to exploit black porters, knowing that if a person quit over poor working conditions, a replacement could be easily hired. Black porters faced racism in every aspect of their job. Now, for example, um, passengers regularly disrespected porters uh, by calling them demeaning names like George, as in George Pullman, the creator of the Pullman sleeping car, or boy. Now, black porters received lower pay than their white colleagues, and they didn't receive any promotions and could not apply for higher positions, such as an engineer or a conductor. Now, let's just talk a little bit about the actual brotherhood of sleeping car porters. Black railway employees were prevented from joining the Canadian Brotherhood of Railway Employees. The acronym for that is CBRE. This was the most powerful railway union at the time. The CBRE's constitution, which was drafted in 1908, said that only white people could be members. April of 1917, black porters based in Winnipeg, and their names were John A. Robinson and J.W. Barber, B.F. Jones, and P. White, formed the Order of Sleeping Car Porters, acronym OSCP. This was the first black railway union in North America. Now, within two years, the OSCP had negotiated contracts for sleeping car porters on the Canadian Northern Railway and the Grand Trunk Railway. In 1919, the union joined the CBRE, which agreed to remove the whites-only clause from its constitution. However, black members were given segregated membership for lower-paid positions. In 1939, or by 1939, the Canadian porters were given membership in the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, the BSCP, an American union. Now, the Canadian chapter of this union worked alongside its American counterpart to fight against racism and the various challenges that black porters faced on the job. Over the next few years, porters across Canada organized in secret so that they wouldn't lose their jobs. Remember, I mentioned job security and, um, you know, being easily replaced. So they had to meet in secret. In 1942, Canadian porters formed the BSCP divisions in Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, and later in Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. Porters voted to unionize. However, a collective bar bargaining agreement was not signed with the CPR until May of 1945. Some of the changes and benefits that were made as a result of the new collective agreement included monthly salary increases, one week's paid vacation, as well as overtime pay. Also, porters gained the right to put up plaques in sleeping cars that clearly stated their name. Remember I mentioned uh, that porters were often called George or Boy and not by their name. So this, this was a definitely an improvement and a stepping stone for them. The union also helped negotiate for better working and sleeping conditions while on the job and fairer and more transparent disciplinary measures. Although the collective agreement between the porters as well as the CPR was significant and it definitely helped to change some things for black porters, they still had to fight and struggle against racism, discrimination and disrespect while on the job. Porters were still discriminated against when applying for roles as conductors, a role that was historically reserved for white men. 
Now the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters took up this cause, and in 1953 filed a complaint with the Federal Department of Labor under the Canada Fair Employment Act of 1953. Now in 1954, one of the claimants in this case, George V. Garraway, was hired as the first black Canadian train conductor. As we've heard, um, you know, just throughout this podcast and the information that we've heard and the history of the sleeping car porters, they have definitely left a significant legacy and made important impacts to Canada and this country. So let's talk a little bit about the legacy that they've left. Beginning in 1960s, the 1960s, uh, changes in the travel industry caused railways to employ fewer sleeping car porters. However, the impact that the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters made within Canadian history is profound. At a time when black people were fighting for their basic human rights, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters was a much needed group that helped to fight for the rights of black men in the workplace. Canadians such as Stanley G. Grizel, Donald W. Moore, and Harry Gary, who were porters early in their careers, helped in the fight for equality and better working conditions and pay for porters. With plaques commemorating and honoring the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters in downtown Toronto and at Windsor Station in Montreal, the profound impact that this group of black men made and what they were able to accomplish is forever cemented in Canadian history. I hope that you guys have all learned something about the sleeping car porters and just learned something new about black Canadian history. I'm also excited to announce as well, hopefully everybody's heard, but if not, CBC will actually be having a TV series about a working title is called The Porter that will be Canada's biggest Black-led TV series. Production of this TV series will uh, start this year, which is so exciting. It's an eight-part series, which really digs more into the history of the Black uh, sleeping car porters. And it it's set after the First World War, after the First World War uh, in Little Burgundy, uh, where I mentioned in Montreal. So remember, um, we did have a lot of black sleeping car porters who lived in Little Burgundy. Um, so the TV series will be set there and just follows the story of two men. And I don't want to give it all away, but uh, follows the, the life of two men and their um, experience working as black sleeping car porters. So look out for that. It will be airing on CBC here in Canada, as well as uh, the channel or the news, the station, I should say, BET in the States. Now that you've made it to the end of this episode, as promised, I have a special bonus for those of you who stayed to the end. Head over to www.bit.ly forward slash B-L-A-C-K-T-O-C-A-N-A-D-A-B-O N-U-S-1. Once again, that's www.bit.ly forward slash B-L-A-C-K-T-O-C-A-N-A-D-A-B-O-N-U-S-1 to get your bonus resource.
Once again, that's www.bit.ly forward slash black to Canada bonus one. And that's the number one, not O-N-E. So once again, www.bit.ly forward slash black to Canada bonus one to get your bonus resource. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for joining me on Black to Canada. And don't forget to share what you're learning using the hashtag Black to Canada.